0: Rumpole and the Family Pride, by John Mortimer, adapted by Richard Stoneman. With me, Timothy West, as the elder Horace Rumpole, and Benedict Cumberbatch as the younger Horace Rumpole.
1: Come quickly. When I've had my breakfast. A body. There's a body in the lake. Jonathan, if this is yet another yacht... An, an, an old lady.
0: She's dead. That old lady was about to lead young Rumpel up north to Yorkshire. It was a rare excursion from my London haunts, and one which I remember to this day, despite the many years that have passed. I dare say Lord Richard Sackbutt, if he is still alive... We'll never forget the sight of the drowned corpse floating in his lake that morning. I'm sure it was enough to put his lordship off his breakfast. Three weeks later, my own breakfast was about to be interrupted, though in slightly less dramatic circumstances.
2: Oh, do look at this tragic picture, Mm Rumpole.
0: Despite being married for only a few years... Hilda and I had already fallen into the habit of conducting the first meal of the day in semi-silence. Semi in the sense that I remained silent, while Hilda insisted on reading out tidbits from such fascinating journals as Coronet magazine.
2: It's Lady Fiona Armstead. Her romance with Robin French Uffington is over.
0: Unable to feign interest of any kind... I replied with a comment on the committal papers I was reading for a case in the Thames Magistrate's Court. Mr. Hawley Wilkinson has confessed to the
3: murders of three young men in Southwark.
2: Lord Luxter's put on weight. Oh, please,
3: Hilda, do you actually know any of these people?
2: You can read all about them in Debbie's diary.
3: You can read all about them. I have no intention of ever doing so.
2: Well, you should, Rumpole. Then you might learn about gracious living. Oh. You might lose the habit of blowing on your tea to cool it down. I'm in
3: a hurry. Do you expect me to fan my tea with my hat?
2: No, I expect... Oh, look. It's Sackbert Castle. Is it really?
3: How oh, fascinating.
2: <gasps> the 17th Baron Sackbut occupies the private wing with his second wife, Rosemary, nay, Whiston. Whiston, Rumpole. Whiston! Am I supposed to know this woman? You do know a uh, Whiston.
3: Do I? I'm sure I remember.
2: What's my name?
3: She who must... I mean, Hilda. Hilda what? Hilda Rumpole, since we got married.
2: Oh, and before that!
3: Oh, I see, it was Whiston. Your Hilda, nay, Wiston. Wiston once was no more.
2: I knew Rosemary would turn up in the coronet sooner or later. She's the youngest child of Hungerford Whiston and my first cousin. Once removed. And now she's all over the coronet. Isn't that so very exciting, Rumple?
3: I'll try to get Wally released. Ah. No bloodstains on his clothes. Nothing I, I can get my teeth into
2: I'm sure no one at Sackbert Castle eats breakfast wearing a hat.
0: In the far-off days of 1956, there were hats aplenty in the canteen of the Thames Magistrate's Court. Even my colleague from Chambers, Liz Probert, kept her wig on as she sipped her cup of coffee.
4: Oh, come on, Rumpole, you're not going to object, are you?
0: If I'm on my feet, I'll probably be objectionable in some way or
3: another.
4: On what grounds can you possibly apply for Wally's release?
3: Ask not what I'm
0: going to do, Miss Probert. Just watch me in court. I fought that committal for three days in court, but I knew it was a hopeless case. After Wally was sent for trial, I came out of court to find a victorious Liz Probert sitting on a bench in the entrance hall, looking rather disconsolate. I tried to cheer her up. Bravo! You won the day.
3: Next step, the old Bailey.
4: I suppose so.
0: <sighs> a sad little sigh was not what I was used to from this radical Welsh firebrand. I inquired after her ongoing, off-going boyfriend.
3: Have you seen Dave Inchcape lately? We're co-defending code a afraid together, and I'd
4: like... I have to- no idea where Dave bloody Inchcape is. You'll have to find him yourself. Yes, what
3: on earth's the matter?
4: Absolutely nothing's the matter.
3: <laughs> oh, you, you, you don't usually burst into tears when you win a case.
4: Oh, Why should you assume I burst into tears? Because I'm a woman?
3: No, it's more to do with the fact that you have actually burst into tears. <laughs> Has something happened between you and Dave?
4: Oh, if I'm upset, it must be about a man. Men are the only things women have got to be upset about, aren't they? Hankey? Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Actually, it is about Dave Bloody Inchcape. What's he done now? It's not what he's done; it's what he is. Secretly married. That I could cope with. This. Well, it's too awful for words. Mr Rumpole, sir?
3: What is it, Constable? It's your wife. Oh, God, where?
4: On the phone.
0: Oh, thank heavens. Uh, You'll be all right
3: if I...
4: Don't worry about me, Rumpole.
0: But I did worry about Liz Probert and Dave Bloody Inchcape, even as I listened to she who must be obeyed on the telephone in the police room.
2: Rosemary, my cousin, once removed. You remember I told you about Rosemary. Well, she wants us to pop up for the weekend. To Sackbutt
0: Castle. Three weeks ago, when Lord Richard Sackbutt and his second wife, Rosemary, followed young Jonathan through the grounds of the castle, they found the body of an elderly woman face down in the lake. A large string bag was attached to her wrist. Photographs taken at the scene showed a broad-cheeked face which might once have been pretty. The police, the ambulance, the pathologist and Lord Sagbutt gathered at the castle where they were joined by Dr. Hugo Swaby, the local coroner.
5: Good morning, my lord. I thought it best to get my inquiries going as soon as possible. Have you seen the body? Of course I have,
1: Swaby. My son found the woman dead. He called me out to the lake. What more do you need?
5: I'm afraid I need to know if it's anyone you recognize.
1: Of course it's not.
0: Stupid, bloody question. Sackbutt Castle was built to defend a large area of North Yorkshire. It had been besieged three times during the Wars of the Roses. After that, it remained peaceful, until the 17-year-old Jonathan Sackbutt, on holiday from Eton, took the family Labrador for an early run by the lake. As we staggered from the taxi into the main hall of Sackbutt Castle... An attendant stepped forward.
6: Leave your luggage there. The rest of the party has gone upstairs.
0: We climbed the wide stone staircase and found ourselves in a great hall with narrow windows. Bare of furniture except for suits of armor, brutal looking weapons arranged in great circles on the walls. In the distance, we saw a group of people and a man in a dark suit who was waving to us.
2: Over here, my party! Why is he calling us my party, Rumpo? All right, everybody. So,
7: uh, looking through here, you'll get a good view of the East Tower. Is the family about? I'm sorry, madam. Are they here? The Sackbutts? Um, well, I believe Lord and Lady Sackbut are in residence at the moment. Uh, they occupy the East Wing, which was built in 1592. This way, Rumpo? Madam, no. That part of the castle is not open to the
2: public. We are not the public.
0: In a drawing room upstairs, high windows opened onto the terrace of the castle. A pale boy was sitting alone in a window seat, reading a book.
2: Hello. We are the Rumpoles. I believe Rosemary is expected... She's not here. There's only me. Are you Jonathan? Well, I'm Hilda Rumpole, and this is my husband.
3: Horace Rumpole, pleased to meet you.
2: I'm Rosemary's cousin.
3: Once removed.
2: So we're related, you and I, in in a manner of... Hilda, is that you? Oh, Rosemary, there you are. (laughs) Oh, hello. Oh, and and, and you must be Horace.
3: I fear I have no alternative.
2: Oh, Jonathan, I I hope you've been entertaining the Rumpole. Not
3: really.
1: I'm going to my room trying to get some privacy. Ah.
2: Sorry about it, Jonathan. Let's see if we can't rustle up some refreshments. Oh uh, You know, Rosemary, it was so funny when we arrived. They treated us like members of the public. W- wasn't it funny, Rumpole?
3: Hilarious.
2: Would you like a cup of tea, Horace?
3: Only if you have nothing in the nature of a bottle of red.
2: Rumpole! Oh, no, no, Hilda. Let Horace have a drink. If he needs one. You must be exhausted after all those splendid cases you do. Splendid cases? Daddy saw you in action at the Old Bailey. said you were absolutely superb. Well, I can't be rather magnificent at time. Daddy told us in the courtroom, nobody dares say boo to Rumpole. Hmm. In the courtroom, perhaps? Oh, for heaven's
3: sake. Will this do?
2: Uh, no, of course it won't. A bow tie is not supposed to dangle from your neck at an angle of forty-five degrees. Does
3: it really matter? Of
2: course it matters. Oh. We have to look our best.
3: But why, Hilda?
2: Because everyone else will look their best. They'll all dress for dinner. We're in a castle, Rumpole.
3: I mean, really? I hadn't noticed.
2: (sighs) Lord Plunger Plumstead's coming.
3: Why Plunger? Does he (laughs) die?
2: He lost all his money on the stock exchange, nearly threw himself off the top of St Paul's. Really, Rumpole, you ought to keep up with what's going on with these people.
0: What was going on with these people, apparently was that no one, apart from us, had dressed for dinner. Lord Sackbutt had finally appeared, and turned out to be a man in his late forties, whose long chin, gingery hair and blue eyes were echoed in all the family portraits we'd seen around the castle. For some reason, he seemed extremely glad to see me. It is jolly sporting of you to come all the way to Yorkshire to offer me some
1: free advice. Advice, Free advice, yes. Of course, there'll be opportunities
0: for fun and games, too. I shan't keep you away from my chums all the time. Mm. His chums were a rum-looking bunch. Lord Plunger Plumstead devoured his food as if he hadn't eaten for days. His wife, Mercia, appeared to be embalmed and never spoke. Tarquin and Helen Yarrowby talked in very loud voices about people I didn't know and of sports of which I had no experience. Adolfo wouldn't win. Towards the end of dinner, they began to discuss the local coroner, Dr. Hugo Swaby.
6: He's enjoying every moment of this business. Best thing that ever happened to the ghastly little man.
0: Plunger was not a fan of Dr. Swaby.
6: You should see him out hunting, Rumbold. Looks like a dog's dinner.
0: As does the poor
4: fox, I imagine. Did you hear, Mr. Rumpole, about the accident in the lake?
6: Oh, yes, yes, Helen. That's why he's here.
4: Some old woman managed to drown herself.
6: Is are going to be a pain in the neck about that? <laughs> he wants to get his name in the papers. He thinks he'll discover all sorts of things. It's a bore. I don't see how you can be held responsible for anything, old man. I mean, most people have some kind of lake, don't they, Rumble?
3: Ours is rather small. Living as we do in the Gloucester Road, it's more of a puddle.
1: Really? Perhaps the lady should leave us to our port now. <clears throat>
6: Mm. I say, Rumble, can you get your gamekeepers to eat rook?
3: Well, to tell you the truth, I don't have any gamekeepers, or rooks come to that.
6: But you have a place in Gloucester.
3: Actually, no, we have a place... was telling me you've had some success with your cases. I suppose I have acquired a certain reputation around the cells of Brixton. And some of your cases concern dead people. Contrary to popular belief, dead people can
0: tell you quite a lot. Can I? Can they really? From his distant gaze, I could see Lord Sackbutt was preoccupied with thoughts. Thoughts of what? Nothing he felt he could share with the likes of me. But I wondered, why ever not?
2: Oh, Dumpold, can't you hang your trousers in the wardrobe rather than leaving them on the floor? I have
3: no time to waste, Hilda. Any moment now, I might freeze to death. Where are my pyjamas?
2: On oh, the chair behind you. Oh.
3: Are you going to join me? God knows, I need some kind of bodily warmth.
2: Budge up, then. Just lie there in the middle. Oh. Oh. I wonder what's planned for tomorrow. A shooting party, perhaps? Or an Alfriscoli luncheon. I have
3: not yet grasped why we're here, Hilda. We've been invited to this... Underheated, over decorated pile so that I, Horace Rumpole, can provide legal service gratis pro bono and free of charge to Lord Richard Sackbutt. Nonsense.
2: Oh, you're forgetting that Rosemary and I are cousins. Once removed. We are here to enjoy ourselves, Rumpole. Are we? In the morning, yes. Now light out and go to sleep.
0: The next morning, With nothing much to do as I waited for my first conference with his lordship, I looked around the house. At the end of the row of family portraits, I saw the image of a man identical to our host, clearly Richard's father, a long chinned blue-eyed, gingery-haired army officer. I returned down the passage to the part of the castle open to the public.
5: Hello. I'm uh, Hugo Swaby, doctor. Hugo Swaby, I believe we met, Mr. Rumpole. Did we? You came up to Leeds for that stabbing in the old people's home. I was an expert witness. Oh, yes, you were indeed a witness. You gave some extraordinary evidence on the direction of the knife wounds. Thank you very much. You're staying with the Sackbutts, I gather. To tell the truth, I've never been invited to the other side of that door though I do ride with the hunt and I'm pretty well known in the neighbourhood. So, his lordship invited you to stay? Actually, it was his wife. No, it must have been his lordship. Women don't make decisions in the sackbutt clan. Are you here for the old lady? I'm sorry? The one who tumbled into the lake. My officers is taking statements as we speak. I thought I'd wander round, soak up the castle atmosphere. You're not here to see my client? Oh, is his lordship your client? This will be exciting. I think I'll be able to offer you a few surprises. Such as? The dead woman's possessions contained some old clothes, an empty gin bottle and a purse, the contents of which were rather interesting. In what way? Apart from a return train ticket to London, which suggests she wasn't local, there was also a photograph taken on the terrace of this very castle. An old photograph shows a woman holding a baby next to a man in uniform. No doubt who the man was, Lord Sackbut's father. Now, how do you imagine the dead woman got hold of that photograph, Mr Rumpole?
0: I had no idea. And as I inspected the lake the next morning, I was not given much help by Lord Sackbutt. Why call on my expert services for a case in which an old lady simply
3: slipped and drowned in your grounds? Sad, but hardly a threat to your peace of mind. We're open to the public. They might think we're not safe. Oh, nonsense. What's the real problem? What's making Dr. Swaby, the Grand Inquisitor of Weldyke, so excited? <clears throat> it's starting to rain.
1: We'd better get back to
0: the castle. My client said nothing more about Dr. Swaby or the old lady. He just promised me a treat for the afternoon. A dog show, a tombola, and other delights in the castle grounds. It sounded like a fate worse than death. A comment that I kept to myself as I left Lord Sackbutt and approached his son in the drawing room.
8: Tinkled like iron while far distant hills into the tumult sent an alien sound.
0: Jonathan was alone, as usual, sitting on his window seat with a book. While the stars eastward Eastward were sparkling sparkling clear, and 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 in in the the west
3: the orange sky of evening died away. You like that? Well, the sound of it, yes. I like the sound of it very much.
0: Wordsworth. I know I sat at the fireside in front of a big coffee table piled high with photograph albums.
3: You live here in the holidays with your father? Yes. See much of your mother? Your real mother, I mean, not Rosemary. No. No? Ah, now look at this. Here's a photograph of someone I assume to be your grandfather. Looks just like your father. Why all these blank pages, these torn-out photographs, these attempts to hide something or someone? I don't know what you're talking about.
0: The stalls and tents of the fate were set out on a patch of grass under the east tower. She who must had gone off to buy a huge selection of jams. And I was chatting to Rosemary. Young Jonathan, I gather he doesn't see much
3: of his mother.
2: Richard thinks it's best if he doesn't. She married again, someone quite ghastly. Who was that? Oh, a rather fat little man who sold cars for a living.
3: Cars? How awful.
2: I know. They have a small house in Croydon or somewhere equally impossible. I mean, can you imagine that, Croydon, after living here in the castle? Hello. Oh, would you excuse me for a moment, Horace? Of course. Oh, but I'm so hungry. Here. Come along, Rumpole. Mm? I've just seen a shirtless man with a grey, long-haired Yorkshire terrier. His chest looks identical.
3: Identical to what?
2: The Yorkshire Terrier, of course.
3: She's alive and well and living in Croydon. Who is? Richard's first wife. I knew it wasn't her they found in the lake. The dead body was far too old. <gasps> Do to be-
2: look at that ugly woman with the pecanese. She deserves to go home with something.
0: In the end, the prize went to Plunger and his bull terrier.
3: Jolly well done, sir. Yes, yes. No need to make a fuss. No, oh, I think we should. Raise a glass, toast your success. Mm. That beer tent over there looks like a suitable venue for a quiet celebration. Amazing the way dogs can look so much like
6: their owners. Quite.
3: <clears throat> In the same way men grow up to be reproductions of their fathers.
6: How oh, do you think so? Well, I suppose Richard is the spitting image of his father.
3: Did you know Richard's mother?
6: She always seemed a perfectly nice woman. affected, perhaps. I remember she used to call Richard Le Petit Richard. A sort of funny French accent. What was her name, Richard's mother? Uh, uh, Margaret, yes. We called her Maggie.
3: And what happened to Maggie? Maggie? Uh, She
6: died.
0: I suppose I must have been nine. After dinner that night, Rosemary and Hilda left the men to sip some sickly port by ourselves. The message came through... The headmaster wants to see you in his study
1: after prayers. He told me to close the door, sit down,
3: and then...
1: I'm afraid your mother's dead.
3: Did your headmaster or your father tell you how your mother died? No. I heard vague rumours that she might have gone to France, and then she just passed away. You believed your father that your mother was dead?
1: Of course. Mm
3: -hmm. Do you have any idea how old she'd be now, if she'd lived? I suppose, late sixties? Much like the lady in the lake. What? Did it never occur to you that your mother might try to get in touch one day? What, you mean,
0: come back from the dead? If she really is dead. Of course she's dead. For a while, I feared my questions had offended Lord Sackbart, But only a week later, he appeared in London with his wife in tow, and insisted on taking She Who Must to the opera. Despite my objections, I was forced to join the party in Covent Garden. I turned up in blazer and grey flannels. The Sackbuds were, of course, in evening dress. I say, Rumpole, mm.
1: I think I've got a young relative in your chambers. David Luxter. His grandfather was Lord Chancellor, and his father's my cousin. I'm afraid we have no one called uh, Luxter in Chambers. Oh. Ah. Uh, he did an odd thing. Didn't want to rely on his grandfather's reputation, so he went into the law under an alias. He found a name he rather liked in some poem or other. Uh, something about a bell and a rock. Not the Inchcape rock. That's the one Inchcape.
3: Dave Inchcape. Born the son of a lord? No wonder Liz Probert, that despiser of all things aristocratic, felt betrayed. <music> Mr Cursiter had been the Sackbut family solicitor for thirty-eight years. When I spoke to him on the telephone, the timbre of his voice suggested he hadn't enjoyed a single one of them. Tell me, Mr. Cursiter, were you ever privy to information that confirmed the death of Lord Sackbutt's mother? Yes. When the previous Lord Sackbutt died, if Richard's mother had still been alive, would you have expected her to make some claim against the estate? Oh, no.
0: Lord Sackbutt, Richard's father, started divorce proceedings long before his wife ran
3: off with her man-friend. Oh, I see. The case went through
8: undefended. Oh. When Lord Sackpot died,
0: if Richard's mother had been alive, which she wasn't, she had no claim to anything. Uh,
3: who was this man-friend she ran off with?
0: Some kind of waiter. Oh. French. There were rumours they were living in Paris.
3: Paris? Rumours he died, rumours Richard's
0: mother came back to England. Mm. But that's all they were. Just
3: rumors. Even so, Mr. Cursitor, I wonder if you'd be so kind as to place an advertisement for me in the Times and the Daily Telegraph.
7: Deceased in situ and then post mortem. I concluded there was no sign. In a
0: coroner's court, the coroner calls for witnesses and asks the questions.
5: If I can just stop you there for a moment, Dr. Malkin... Dr. Swaby was putting a pathologist called Malkin through his paces. Can you please use layman's
0: language?
7: I was merely trying to say that the deceased, the dead woman, was in her late 60s or early 70s in poor general health... I came to the conclusion that death was probably caused by a blow to the head with some blunt instrument before the body entered the water. I didn't think it was a case of death by drowning because there was no water in the lungs. Might
5: death have been caused by a deliberate attack, a blow to the head by some assailant? I thought it might. Struck before the body was put into the lake? Yes which would make this an unlawful killing, or, to use a word with which the jury might be more familiar, murder. I couldn't rule out that possibility. Mr. Rompol, do you wish to apply to ask the pathologist a question? A good many questions, as a matter of fact. Then I shall grant your application. How very generous, sir. Mm -hmm. Dr. Malcolm,
3: in the case of drowning... It's possible for death to occur immediately due to a sudden cardiac arrest. It's happened in the case of people falling off ships, yes? I believe it has
7: happened, yes.
3: Such deaths have often occurred with drunken sailors. They fall off the deck and the alcohol produces a state of hypersensitivity to sudden and unexpected contact with water. It may do so. The dead lady in question had an almost empty bottle of gin in her possession
7: mm.
3: yes so it remains a possibility does it not that she met her death by drowning it is a possibility yes dealing with a blow to the head this was a particularly steep bit of bank with a number of branches and tree stumps on some of which traces of blood were found yes Can you rule out the possibility that this old lady, having drunk rather more gin than was good for her, slipped and fell into the lake, striking her head on one of those tree stumps as she fell? I... I can't rule that out altogether. Thank you. Seems at last we have reached a sensible interpretation of the facts.
5: Dr Malkin... Dr Malkin, we gather from your evidence that this blow to the head might have been accidental or it might have been deliberate. Is that right? Quite right, sir. You, of course, didn't go into the circumstances in which someone might have had a motive for causing the death of this old lady. I object to that question. How can Dr. Malkin possibly answer it? He can't, Mr. Rumpole. That will be the subject of the next part of my investigation, and I know you will wish to help me with it. Dr. Malkin, thank you. We would now like to ask Mr. Saggers a few questions.
0: Mr. Saggers was the attendant at the West Gate of Sackbut Castle who took charge of our luggage when we first arrived. I swear by Almighty God that he he was, was a solid Yorkshire man, clearly reliable, and he turned out to be a devastating witness. Mr.
5: Saggers, the lady in that photograph, do you recognise her at all?
6: I do recognise the lady, Your Worship. The day before they found her, she came up to the castle entrance and asked to go inside. I asked her for the entrance fee. She said she'd got no money and his lordship would want to see her for free. So I told her to bugger off. And did she? Well, Did she depart? I saw her walking away, yes. At what time? That past three, just before my tea break. Then, as I was passing the formal gardens, I saw them. You saw who? The old lady and his lordship. What were they doing? Just talking. I watched for a bit, then I went in for my tea.
5: Very sensible. Have you any questions, Mr Rumpole? If you'd be so kind as to allow a further application... Of course.
3: I really am much obliged. Mr. Saggers, before you went for your tea break, how long did you see those two people together? Half a minute. Could you actually see Lord Sackbutt's
6: face? Could you see it clearly? It was definitely his lordship. Would you at least accept the possibility that you might have been mistaken? No, Mr. Rumpole, I won't accept that possibility. I know what I saw.
0: Preparing for bed in Sackbutt Castle, I voiced my fears to she who must. Richard's going to lie
3: in court tomorrow. I think he spoke to the old lady by the lake, but he's going to say he didn't. No,
2: Richard wouldn't do that.
3: Why not? Because he's a lord? Because he lives in a castle? People have been telling lies here since the Wars of the Roses. Telling lies and locking up their wives or tearing their wives photographs out of the family albums. Behaving like that because because their fathers behaved like that.
2: Finished? Good. Lights out.
1: And nothing
5: but the truth, so help me God. Lord Sackbot, having sworn to tell the truth, I wonder if you'd like to start by describing to us your first meeting with the deceased.
1: First time I saw the old girl was after her body
5: was dragged from the water. Uh-huh. So Mr Saggers was lying. I'm not saying that. Mr Sagger said you were talking to the old girl in the grounds of the castle he was mistaken the jury will have to make up their minds who's telling the truth on that point lord sackbot your father left your mother when you were just a young boy i failed to see the relevance mr rumpole i think this is relevant and indeed might have a great deal to do with the case lord sackbot did your father tell you that your mother was dead yes why Because she was dead. But how did you know that? Because my father said so. He told my headmaster. Did it ever occur to you that your father was so angry with your mother, who was conducting an affair with a French waiter, that he pretended she'd died? It didn't occur to me that my father would ever tell a lie, no. No. Are you unaware there have been many rumours in your family and in the town that your mother did not die, as your father said, but until quite recently was alive and well and living in Paris? I never heard such rumours. Anyway, they would have been
1: untrue.
3: This is becoming intolerable. Lord Sackbutt's here to give evidence, not to deal with tittle-tattle.
5: Please don't excite yourself, Mr Rumpel. Can we look at the photograph, Exhibit 3, showing Lord Sackbutt's father in uniform sitting on the castle terrace with a woman and a baby? We have heard evidence that this photograph was found in the string bag attached to the wrist of the lady in the lake. Shall we look at this exhibit, Your Lordship? If we must. Is that the terrace of Sackbut Castle? Yes. And is the man in uniform your father? It is my father there's also a woman with a baby is that woman your mother I I really can't say you mean you can't remember what your own mother looked like no not very clearly no I suggest to you that this is a family group your father your mother and yourself as a very young child I I suppose that's a possibility Or a Probability. Can you tell the jury why the old lady who drowned had that photograph in her possession when she came to visit Sackbutt Castle? How on earth can my client answer that question? Perhaps, Mr. Rumpole, he could deduce that the lady Lord Sackbutt's father said was dead was one and the same with the lady they fished out of the lake. What? In a fit of wounded pride, Lord Sackbutt's father made out that his wife had died.
3: I object to that. There is not a scrap of evidence. Oh, but there
5: is, Mr. Rumpole. There is a photograph. So, let me put this final point to his lordship. My lord, if this lady was the dowager, Lady Sackbot, she'd hardly be a welcome visitor at the castle, would she? After all that time, she'd come, no doubt, with a claim for money. Did it occur to you, my lord, that she might be better dead as your father had wished so many, many years ago?
3: No, His lordship rejected the not. suggestion entirely, but sadly I had the feeling the jury hadn't warmed to Lord Sackbot. In the middle of the afternoon, though, the family solicitor, Mr. Curseter, told me that he had some interesting news, and I asked Dr. Swaby to adjourn the case until the next morning.
5: Mr. Rompole, you've asked me to take the evidence of this witness, Mrs. Percier. Mrs. Percier, but I have no idea what light, if any, she can shed on this case. Then let me assist you, sir. Mrs.
3: Percier is here now, so let her come in and give evidence.
0: The door of the courtroom opened, and a woman dressed in black, fair hair touched in grey... Entered the witness box.
3: It may help us all if I explain straight away that Percier was not always the surname of this witness.
5: What was your name before you married Mr. Percier, Mrs. Percier?
8: It was Lady Sackbert.
5: (gasps) And your son is
8: Richard. uh, The current Lord Sackbert.
5: Am I supposed to understand that this lady is your client? His mother, sir. I still don't know what evidence she can give.
3: Then perhaps it might be best if I carried on. I think the story should become clear, even to you, old darling.
5: Very well, Mr. Rumpole, you may carry on. Mrs. Percier, am I right in thinking
3: it's been quite a few years since you last saw your son, Richard?
8: I'm afraid so, yes.
3: When Monsieur Percier was alive, I think you lived in Paris?
8: My husband and I run a small hotel there. When he died a few years ago, I sold it and came back to England. To where in England? To London. I live in Bloomsbury.
3: Hmm. In front of you, there's a small bundle of papers and photographs. Would you be so kind as to glance at Exhibit 5, a photograph of a woman? This one? You have it. Good. Since you lived in Bloomsbury, I believe you've been involved with the Salvation Army.
8: I do what I can. Some money, a little time, nothing very much. But
3: you've helped to find beds for people with no homes to go to. A few. Including the woman in the photograph you're holding?
8: Yes. That's Bertha. Bertha? When I first met her, she was sleeping at the back of Waterloo Station. I let her stay with me one night when we couldn't find her a bed anywhere else in London. She told me about her husband a builder he went to prison for fraud and i told her about Sackbut castle and my son i'm not sure why i did that
3: this bertha she stayed the night in your house and left the next morning
8: yes i never saw her again
3: was anything missing when she left
8: actually yes a photograph I'd shown it to Bertha when we were talking that first... that only night. I kept it in a desk. When Bertha left, the photograph went with her. I was very cross with her for stealing that.
3: I understand. Could you now look at Exhibit 3, near the front of your bundle? (coughs) And can you tell me if that's the photograph you lost to Bertha all those years ago?
8: I think... Yes. Uh, I think it is the same photograph.
3: Who are the people in the group?
8: Uh, My first husband, myself, and Richard when he was a baby.
3: Did Richard ever hit you over the head with a blunt instrument and push you into a lake?
8: Of course not. Though I wouldn't have blamed him if he'd wanted
0: to. (laughs) After that, Dr. Swaby couldn't think of very much to ask Madame Percier. The inquest was virtually over and the verdict inevitable. She who must read all about it in the Times and the Telegraph.
8: The
2: jury in the Sackbut Castle inquest returned a verdict of accidental death. Mm. But you said Richard was lying in court.
3: Oh, I'm pretty sure Bertha waylaid him in the garden, told him she had some news, asked for money. He sent her away. She went back towards the castle full of gin, unsteady on her pins. Splosh. Perhaps Richard had a secret fear that Bertha was his mother. But that would mean his father was a liar. So he pretended he didn't have the faintest idea who she was.
2: That wasn't very
3: nice. People aren't very nice, especially if they're lords. Luckily, his real mother reads the Daily Telegraph. Luckily? I tell you, I got Richard's solicitor to put an advert in the personal column. Le Petit Richard wants to see his maman. Very urgent.
8: Poor woman. Mm.
3: The Rumpole residence? Ah, Miss Probert, how are you today?
0: Oh, really? Why is that? The call was from Liz Probert. I see. She was off to court early and wanted to let me know that the prosecution was offering no evidence against Wally Wilkinson. Well, thanks for letting me know.
3: Um, can I buy you a drink this evening? There's something I'd like to discuss. Yes? Oh, good. See you then.
2: Rompole, I don't think we'll go back to Sackford Castle.
3: Hilda... I don't think we'll be invited. Here we are, Liz.
4: No champagne?
3: I think some Chateau Thames Embankment should suffice.
4: Aren't we celebrating your client's acquittal?
3: We are discussing your boyfriend, Dave Bloody Inchcape.
4: He's my ex-boyfriend and I've absolutely nothing to say about the bastard. Liz,
3: I'm aware of his alias, the Honourable David Luxter.
4: The Honourable? It's disgusting when there's kids in my old village walking to school without shoes.
3: And you think the honorable David Luxter had it easy. Of
4: course he did.
3: You're wrong. He was cursed with having Lord Luxter as a grandfather. David was a deprived child. Oh, <laughs> what? They're all deprived, Liz. All the lords and ladies and marquises of whatnot. They turn their sons out of the home at a tender age. They put them into the care of some sort of bostel like Eton. They lie to them and tell them their mothers are dead. The dice are loaded against the young of the upper crust.
4: Maybe they are.
3: Dave needs your support, your help, your love.
4: In a sense, I suppose. He has been deprived. Life. It's not really fair, is it, Rumpel?
3: Oh, <laughs> Liz, have you only just realised? Fair seed time had my soul and I grew up fostered alike by beauty and by fear. Much favoured in my birthplace.
4: You drunk already, Rumpel?
3: I'm reciting Wordsworth, a favourite poet of the Honourable Jonathan Sackbutt, a boy born into wealth and privilege with as much chance of finding true happiness as, well, as the rest of us, poor salt. (laughs)
0: Cheers. In Rumpole and the Family Pride by John Mortimer, the elder Horace Rumpole was played by me, Timothy West, and the younger Horace Rumpole was Benedict Cumberbatch. Jonathan Sackbutt was played by Joshua Maguire, Lord Richard Sackbutt, Julian Wadham, Hilda Rumpole, Kathy Sarah, and Liz Probert was Elaine Claxton. Dr. Swaby was Adrian Scarborough, Rosemary Sackbutt, Sophie Thompson, Lord Plunger Plumstead, Stephen Critchlow, Dr. Malkin, Geoffrey Whitehead, and Mrs. Percier was Susan Woolridge. Other parts were played by members of the company. Rumpole and the Family Pride was adapted by Richard Stoneman, directed by Marilyn Imrie, and is a Catherine Bailey production for BBC Radio 4.